short into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome into the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. It's week eight now of the college football season, and for Kentucky, that means a bye week. And this bye week couldn't have come at a better time. Kentucky now has the backstretch of their season with two absolutely massive games one being on the road in Tennessee in two weeks, and one being against Georgia in four weeks. It's a chance for Kentucky to regroup, to get healthy, and to get themselves right for the back half of the season. But before we get there, let's take a look back at the Mississippi State, Mississippi State game, and oh, what a game it was, Sam. We had talked the week before about how this needed to be an identity game, one where Kentucky imposed its will, showed the country who they are and what they are made of, and I thought that is exactly what they did. They ran the ball effectively, they played good defense, and they came out with a victory. I have a ton of notes on the game, a lot to say. But I'd like to bring in Sam, and I'd like you to kick us off. And Sam, I just wanted you to start the conversation and tell the listeners what you thought about the game and some of your biggest takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. It was an exciting Week 7 matchup for the Kentucky Wildcats. At home, under the lights, a chance to redeem themselves in front of their BBN faithful um, against a lethal offense in Mississippi State. And I think the Cats did a lot of what we needed to see out of them, AJ, and you kind of alluded to it there. But I'm pleased with the performance. Obviously, the Kentucky Wildcats come out victorious with a 27-17 to victory over Mississippi State. Um, you know, it was large in part thanks to an incredible effort there in the second half, AJ. I thought that was honestly one of the, the best halves of football we've played all season. You know, you can get into the weeds a bit if you really want to and definitely see some glaring mistakes we made, but those are going to happen. Um, and I, I thought the way we responded to those mistakes was what spoke loudest to me, AJ. It was impressive. You know, every time Mississippi State wanted to throw a haymaker – we were right there to absorb the blow and throw two more right back at them. And I thought that spoke volumes as to who we are. Um, you know, AJ, I think the biggest takeaway is the Kentucky Wildcats showed their true identity on Saturday in front of a lot of people. And I think uh, I can speak for myself and maybe for you, but it gave me a sigh of relief. 
I'm not saying that all is fixed and the Kentucky Wildcats can beat anyone in the country right now, but I did love what I saw, AJ. I think, you know, there's there's no better place to start than our defense was phenomenal, AJ. I mean, we were going up against the number nine overall passing offense in the entire country, a lethal offense that prior to the matchup against the Kentucky Wildcats stout defense was putting up an average of 36 points a game in SEC. That, that's a lot, AJ. They were rushing for nearly 100 yards, just shy at 95 yards a game, throwing for 333 yards a game, AJ. They come up against the Kentucky Wildcats. They leave Kroger Field with just 17 points, 22 yards rushing. That's incredible. We've talked about it, AJ. Our, our rush defense has really stepped into their own. I know we've had a few slip-ups here and there, but the intention de- to detail was there all night, and I love to see that. And then they pass for 203 yards. I mean, you know, that that offense is going to get some yardage through the air, but to limit them under 300 yards, I thought that was totally a huge victory for us and one of the most impressive reasons as to why we won that football game. Um, you know, it was a, a big challenge for us, you know, we talked about it, but after dropping two straight, it's not as easy as it may seem to bounce back off the mat and respond the way the Kentucky Wildcats had to in front of a eager crowd. You know, I'm very proud of the way Big Blue Nation showed out. Even Mark Stoops quickly said after the game that he needed to think first and foremost all of Big Blue Nation because they saw it. They showed up for the catwalk and everyone was there. It was a sold-out stadium yet again for back-to-back weeks. You know, he he knew that that was going to play a huge X factor for us at home. And I'm proud of the way that our fans showed out and stayed out and were loud because, you know, the team feeds off of that. And I truly think that was a massive role in this game because had this game, AJ, been on the road after dropping two losses, that would have been quite the obstacle to overcome for the Kentucky Wildcats. But thankfully, at home, we get a much-needed W against a great team in the SEC. The Kentucky Wildcats improved to 5-2 and two and jump a few spots back up to number 19 overall in the country. I think we all know what is on the horizon. As AJ said, this backstretch of the year is going to be critical for where the Kentucky Wildcats end their season. Uh, We don't have to look too far. Then two weeks from now, we're going to be taking on a very impressive Tennessee team. But we don't need to get ahead of ourselves. There's still a lot to digest with this matchup that we had this past Saturday. But um, that's my first takeaway. I've got a few more, AJ. But how about you? What's what's jumping off the page at you with this Kentucky Wildcats win? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you started with the defense because that was my biggest takeaway from the game was the defense. And... Um, you know, we had talked about, and you just brought it up about this being a bounce back game for Kentucky and obviously coming off two losses, you absolutely need a win. But, um, I think for us more so it was just about the effort and, um, the energy that we saw the, the team playing with. And I think that jumped off the page, excuse me, from, from the get go. And regardless of the score or the time, or what had happened the previous play, you saw a ferocious team out there that was flying around the field, especially on defense. Um, 
Sam mentioned it, 22 rush yards by Mississippi State. Just absolutely owned the line of scrimmage there, completely shut down their run game, and they tried to throw on us, and it just didn't work. I mean, you have two plays, potentially three, if I'm remembering correctly, that went for more than like 15 or 20 yards. Um, A couple plays here and there by their offense. Unfortunately, they did get one uh, touchdown through the air, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, They end with 17, but realistically, their offense only scored 10 points. So um, to limit an offense like that to 10 points, 222 yards, just just completely impressive uh, on that front. And to come back from the South Carolina game, that is just absolutely what I wanted to see from the defense. I thought the defense had a chance in the South Carolina game to be the ones to say, we're not letting this happen. We're not going to lose. We're going to make the plays and stop them and give our offense enough opportunities to go out there and win the game. They didn't. So to be able to see them come back and put together the performance they did against Will Rogers and that Mississippi State offense was just awesome to see. Secondary played really well. The defensive line played really well. The linebackers played really well. Just a complete effort from the defense. You could see the effort, the communication, and the tackling, Sam. The tackling. tackling. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Night and day from the South Carolina game. As soon as Mississippi State had the ball, you saw it. The gang tackling swarming to the ball just every time a guy on Mississippi State got tackled there was at least four guys from Kentucky there in on the tackle making the play it was just that's and that's who we've been and that's we know we can be like that all the time um so just awesome to see that completely night and day from from South Carolina so clearly uh, like Mark Stoops has continued to say throughout time this season and in seasons past, uh, this program and th- this team specifically this year as well, um, they're not going to lay down. They're not going to back down. They're not going to, you know, quit on any on anything or anyone. They're going to continue to fight. And, you know, they probably felt a little embarrassed about what had happened against South Carolina, and they wanted to make a statement and go out there and play well. So... I really, really, really did like what I saw on the defensive side of the football. That's about all I had on that side of the football, Sam. Um, the only other thing I did, actually, I, I, I'll touch on it now, but I just wanted to highlight DeAndre Square. I thought that he played awesome. Um, obviously, the interception to seal the game is what's going to stick out to everybody, uh, but I think that that was just... That's... What happens during a play from a guy who's been in position and playing right all game? And he made all the tackles he needed to. He ended with 11 tackles, which you love that. He was flying around the field. Mississippi State does this weird thing where they are an air raid offense. They do throw the ball a lot. But if you notice, they don't tend to... It's not like, oh, we're just going to chuck the ball down the field all game. What they like to do is instead of a running game, they basically like to set up the short passing game. And 
they'll send a lot of their receivers deep and then they'll check it down to their running back and try to give them space to be able to run and create some yards after the catch and things of that nature set up um, second and third down where, you know, second and five are shorter and then they can kind of dictate what they want to do and keep you on your heels. And that's when they can start to hit you with some big pass plays and things of that nature. Um, so the, that linebacker position was just really key to be able to wrap those guys up, keep those running backs contained as far as the pass game was concerned. And I think that's what will, um, I'm sorry. I think that's what Deandre square did very well all night long, being in position, making those tackles. And then when Mississippi state was forced at the end of the game to throw the ball to come back. He was exactly where he needed to be. He wet red Will Rogers' eyes and and picked that ball off and sealed the game for us. So um just wanted to highlight his play. I thought he was absolutely awesome. That's all I had to say on the defense. So Sam, if you have anything else to add, I'll I'll let you chime back in. If not, we can we can kind of switch over and start talking about the offense. Yeah, AJ, I'm just glad that you brought up the performance of DeAndre Square, you know, it was very awesome to see him rack up another individual accolade within the SEC as the defensive player of the week. Um, you know, he had a stellar performance and he really jumped off the page. Just like you said, AJ, his positioning all night long, his attention to detail with his tackling. Obviously, he gets the cherry on top of the Sunday um, with that game ceiling and interception, but seriously, he, he has stepped up big time for this Kentucky Wildcats defense in a time of absolute need. Obviously, we've seen some injuries plague this defense at the linebacker position throughout the season, and he has stepped up and been our captain and backbone um, time and time again, AJ, and it's been great to see him do so in a winner-go-home type scenario game, AJ, truthfully. I mean, you either walk away from that game at 5-2 and two, or you crawl away at 4-3. and three. So, I mean, it, it was massive. I'm glad you gave him a shout-out there. But, but, yeah, that's all I had to say, honestly, on our defense, AJ. And to jump to the other side of the football now, I thought, truthfully, this was the other side of the identity crisis that me and you kind of – opened up and truthfully AJ I feel so much more confident in the Kentucky Wildcats offense than I have all season long that second half was probably in my eyes the best performance in the Kentucky Wildcats offense that I have seen this year I mean you saw Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez have this incredible balanced attack with Rich Scangarello calling the plays, I mean, balanced to a T, AJ. We finished with 239 yards of passing offense. We finished with 239 rushing yards in offense. I mean, just stellar performances from both Chris and Will. Just the mentality, the physicality, the I will not back down because I am going to eat was there all night long for both Chris and with Will. I was extremely impressed. I mean, we can't give enough flowers to C-Rod. He obviously finishes the game with 196 yards, which ranked first in the FBS Power 5 as far as yards. He finishes with 11 forced missed tackles, AJ. 
That is incredible. That's second in the country from the Power Five conferences. And then, of course, he gets two touchdowns. That was awesome. And then also, just to put the cherry on top, he's got six carries for 10-plus yards, AJ. That was first in the Power Five conferences. That was the kind of explosive plays that we needed out of our rushing attack. And boy, did C-Rod deliver. It was a very fun game to watch him just really get to work. Um, and, you know, obviously we complemented it perfectly with a offense that was willing to throw it through the air as well. And, I mean, Will Levis time and time again stood in there. But just like he did in his post-game conference, he gave the roses to our offensive line. And I would have to agree, AJ, finally – they stepped up and gave him some much-needed time in the pocket to be able to let him deliver strikes and kind of dissect that defense as we've been alluded to. And more so, the importance, AJ, to me, was Will Levis, that offense, and the offensive line's ability to move the ball on needed third-down conversions. Will Levis finished the game on third-down, AJ, 9-for-9, with 194 yards. That, to me, was what sealed the game for us offensively. I mean, that is jump-off-the-page stats. Will Levis, you saw him take some blows throughout the game. He injures his left shoulder and just battles through it and says, who needs your left shoulder when I can throw it with my right? It was awesome to see. Um, You know, don't get me wrong, we still had some glaring issues. Obviously, that pick six was very ill-timed, and I think all of Big Blue Nation was holding their breath there for a second. But then you see that same offense march straight down the field and deliver an incredible drive to kind of seal the game for the Kentucky Wildcats and obviously put it into a position where Will Rogers and that offense in Mississippi State had to go through the air. And like you alluded to earlier, AJ, that's when our defense really stepped up and DeAndre Square gets that pick. But my gosh, it was awesome to see our offense move the ball effectively and in a balanced way where we kind of said, AJ, who are we? You know, we were trying to throw the ball a ton earlier in the season. Obviously, we get Sivard back. This is his, you know, Second game with this offense, and you saw it come into fruition where we had a balanced attack, and boy, did they look pretty lethal on Saturday. Yeah, Sam, I think I think you bring up some some really great points there. I think that was about as as balanced as we've seen the Kentucky offense throughout the course of the entire season. Um, obviously, again, what's going to stick out on the on the page is, is Chris Rodriguez, 196 yards, and in finding the end zone two times and that w- that was unbelievable to see i think what you got was a combination of a guy who there was a little bit of desperation uh running through him and also i think that he is just finally to a place where his conditioning is fully back he's he feels comfortable he's had two sec games he's gotten hit a bunch he's got his legs back under him and you kind of could just feel that that he was ready to kind of break loose and um, he did an amazing job. I thought he just absolutely just, just watching the game and watching him play. He, he just ran with this a, a little bit of an extra burst and aggressiveness and angriness and almost violence. Honestly, I thought he was seeking out defenders to run them over 
knock them down and, and kind of send that statement like, yeah, I'm going to be here all night and it's not going to be easy to take me down. Um, two and a half yards created after contact per rush for Chris Rodriguez, which is just out of this world. I mean, he was just literally taking guys, hitting them and just continuing to run. It, it, it was awesome to see. Um, he ran awesome, but what I will say is the offensive line. And Sam, this has been a huge discussion, not only throughout our podcast, but all of BBN and even in the college football realm of people who speak about Kentucky on TV, on the radio, and all those sorts of things. The offensive line, even during the game, you hear the announcers talking about the offensive line hasn't lived up to the expectations and the guys who preceded them in the big blue wall. And I I get that. I get that. I really do. But it's a brand new group. It takes a while to come together. And what you saw on Saturday night against Mississippi State was an offensive line that absolutely dominated the football game. I talked about Chris Rodriguez creating two and a half yards per rush after contact. Let's let's talk about our offensive line creating two and a half yards before first contact for our running backs. So that means every time Chris was getting the ball, he's running at least two and a half yards before a defender ever touches him. And he's also running through those defenders, which in turn equals 196 yards on the ground. And what does that 196 yards on the ground allow you to do? It opens up the play-action pass. It gives your quarterback some more time. It keeps the defense on their heels. Continuing with the the offensive line, only one sack on Saturday. That is a big deal, guys. That is a big deal. And I know you're going to look and you're going to say, Whoa, oh no, Will Levis got hit and he hurt his shoulder. I get it, okay? You still want to avoid some of the hits, but much more time in the pocket, only one sack, okay? Some of those throws, you got to stand in there and you got to take the hit to be able to let the play develop, and that's what happened. You don't want your quarterback to take the hard hits like that, but still. Will's standing in there. He's making the throws. He's getting hit, but the sacks... Only one last game. I just absolutely love to see it. It's a huge improvement. The offensive line, I think, has made extreme strides from the beginning of the season over the course of the last couple weeks, and I'm extremely excited to see how they play in the back half of the season because with another week and a half or so to go, time off, working on some things, continuing to mesh and come together. I think it's only going to get better for them. You got a running back who's now coming off of his best game of the season, eager and ready to run some more, an offensive unit that is becoming more cohesive. Sam brought up the pick six. That was the one negative in the second half, but I don't, it is what it is. I don't hate the play call, to be honest with you. I, I hated the play call in the sense that they ran that same wide receiver screen a couple times right before that and then tried it again on fourth down, which if you're going to run that on fourth down, I love that, but don't run the same play the, 
the previous two plays and then run it again on fourth down. That was the only thing that I that I did not like. But outside of that, the play calling, the marrying of plays, the the setting up plays in the first half to run other plays in the second half, marrying the run with the play action pass, I think that was the best you've seen from Kentucky. Because honestly, you take out a few mistakes here and there. I I really think we could have won that game by four or five touchdowns. I'm I'm not I'm not just saying that as a homer or anything, but you know, there there's a play here, a play there, this and that, and you know, that game could have gotten out of hand. It didn't, and you know, we won handedly, but we could have we could have ended that game in the third quarter and just completely shut it down and said, nope, but you know, it is what it is. I was very impressed um, with what our offense did outside of the one mistake in the second half. I mean, explosive plays, they were there, okay? Will Levis throwing the ball down the field. Again, like I said, only one sack given up. Over 200-plus yards on the ground, the play action. And then Sam brought it up earlier with the third down. Let's talk about fourth down, too. Four of five on fourth down. And you know what that did? We played the game we wanted to play, and what that game was was keep away. If you paid attention, we played keep away, okay? We kept their offense on the sideline by continuing to extend drives and bleed the clock, and it got to a point in the end of the game where they had four minutes and they had to at least score twice, okay? You're putting them in a very, very tough and uncomfortable position, and that's what you did all night long by continuing to hold on to the football continuing drives, going the length of the field, running the clock off, and then they come out and they say, oh, no, we got to get down the field quick, you know? So I I just thought it it was good to see because, like Sam and I had said, a small identity crisis was forming in Lexington, and I think that crisis has been averted. Everything is not peaches and cream, but... We did show who we are and who we're going to be the back half of the football season. And I think we kind of put our stamp on that and implemented it on both sides of the football on on Saturday against Mississippi State. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. It was refreshing to see. I mean, it felt like a old school Kentucky football smash mouth win and a lot of credit to Mark Stoops to get those guys ready and, uh, you know, come put together with a solid game plan of how we are going to our attack our opponent and, you know, credit to the players. They executed beautifully. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of, I saw BBN kind of griping with the fact that, you know, we finished the first half with a three, three tie and, Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I think I would have loved to see more out of that offense in the first half, but, um, you know, we were still having very productive drives. We just weren't getting the points. Yeah, absolutely. I think Sam, if you, if you watch that first half, sure, you might've been a little frustrated, but I think, I I mean, for, for me, at least at halftime, I was like, we're going to have to come out and play really, really bad to lose this football game. Like, we've dominated the football game, and if we continue to play like we are, there's no way we're going to lose. And then that's kind of how I felt, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. You're right. I mean, I, I knew in the back of my mind that we were going up against a pretty potent offense. So, 
you know, to enter into the second half at a 3-3 tie and obviously us get the football, I felt confident. But don't get me wrong, I, I think in the back of my mind, I was like, well, we're going to have to put up points at some, you know, edge of this game because they're going to be able to do it. But like you said earlier, AJ, we only gave up 10 points total. And obviously seven of those come from the pick six from late in the game. But I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, I'm overall very happy with our performance on Saturday. It's a lot to build off of. We have a bye week this week. So a lot to work on. Um, And I think honestly, from this game, AJ, the last thing that I wanted to bring up is just, you said it, this bye week couldn't have come at a more critical time for the Kentucky Wildcats. We have a lot of injuries at key positions with our star players, and this is going to give us some much needed time to get healthy and get right before an incredible atmosphere down at Tennessee come the following Saturday but some injuries we've got to monitor through the bye week and we will obviously keep all of you up to date on what's going on but we've got obviously our QB1 a little banged up he's got a left shoulder injury obviously he was able to finish the game but still something to monitor going forward um, as obviously that injury sets in and he's got to work through the pain level and obviously rehab and get right we've got Jeremy Flax with a hamstring injury. Obviously, you saw him make some big plays for us, but however, he did come out. We had to replace him throughout that game. Um, so something to monitor there. We've got Jaquiz Jones with an ongoing foot and ankle injury. It sounds like by the time we get out of the bye week, he's going to be good to go, which is massive for us, but still something to monitor. You know, you don't want to see any setbacks, um, things of that nature to where we're not able to progress him through the week. Um, then we've obviously got Tavion Robinson. We don't know his injury and the length of it yet. It sounds like he should be fine just from the murmurs within the organization, but obviously he was not able to go at times throughout that game. And then the last one is Jagger Burton. He has a knee injury going on right now. He played quite strong, as we alluded to, with that offensive line. Um, but all very important injuries that we have to monitor from key players for us. Um, but like we said, I mean, this bye week couldn't have come better for the Kentucky Wildcats. We've got to get healthy and we've got a big task on hand as we prepare for the number three overall Tennessee Vols. Gosh, we have a great opportunity right in front of us, AJ. So, uh, we will keep you obviously posted throughout the bye week on some of those key updates with those injuries. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. And there was just one other thing that I did want to touch on regarding the game against Mississippi State. And um, I know all of BBN has has seen this and was probably laughing just as hard as I was. But Tayshawn Manning, um, I think somebody needs to book him a flight to Hollywood and send him on out there because he's got quite the career in acting. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't even have the words. I'm laughing so hard right now just thinking about it. This guy gets slapped in the in the face, and it's just so funny because he's like a foot and a half taller than this guy, just oh, towering yeah. over him. Gets slapped in the face, realizes, 
oh, that should be a penalty. And then just yep. says, oh, and then just falls straight backwards. He had, to, he had to like take a second to process that AJ. And he's like, whoa, I just got punched in the face. Throws his hands up, falls back. I mean, you, you, you absolutely laugh when you see something like that. It was hilarious. Uh, you know, you're getting a lot of media reactions from ESPN, from Big Blue Nation. It was just hilarious. You know, he, he even came out and said, you know, I can act too. So who knows? Maybe we'll see him one day out in Hollywood trying to pursue a different career. But gosh, that was hilarious. Was that not? I, I just, in only reason I bring that up, I obviously thought it was funny, but, but more or less, I just thought, um, that kind of showed you um, towards the end of the game, like, hey, our team was, they were loose, but they were also focused. And that just kind of showed me, hey, you know, man, like, there's still joy out there. They're having fun. Like, that's what happens when you come back and you get your season back on track and you play well. And you got some guys out there who are starting to come into their own and make some real progress. And, um, especially for the offensive line, I just thought seeing Tayshawn out there laughing, having a good time, enjoying himself, playing football with his with his line and, and really making a difference out there um, was huge to see. Built, continue to build that confidence with that offensive line. I mean, we are going to absolutely need them to play well and continue to grow up week by week down the stretch of the season. So thought I'd point that out, just, just something fun. Uh, Fun, funny for, for the game. And, you know, people around the country are talking about UK football a little bit more because of it. So, hey, what the hell? You got to love it, right? Absolutely. Well, um, on last episode, we actually did touch on Big Blue Madness because it was going down in Lexington last Friday night. And um, I know... Me and Sam had talked last week about the fact that we were going to be gone over the weekend at a wedding. We were actually down in Lexington. Um, good friend of ours was getting married on Saturday. So Friday, we were in Lexington hanging out downtown, um, had a nice dinner, and uh, down at Bell's on Friday night, having a few cocktails, uh, chit-chatting with some friends and things of that nature, but... Uh, there was a lot of buzz in Lexington, let me just tell you that. I checked into my hotel on Friday. First question I was asked was, are you here for Big Blue Madness? said, no, unfortunately I'm not, but I would love to be. Um, but just to, to be down there, Sam, to be um, kind of in it uh, with the game uh, on Saturday, so many people walking around. I had a chance to be on campus on Saturday for a while, which was Really cool to see everybody kind of getting ready for the game and headed to their tailgates and all that sort of thing. But the buzz is real, Sam. The hype is real. College basketball is it's coming up, my friend. I mean, as we speak today on Wednesday night recording, it is the second night of the NBA, and that means basketball is happening. College basketball will be shortly behind. Kentucky's going to have a big game with the Champions Classic coming up before we know it. That takes place three days after the football team takes on Georgia. Or Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. It's the week leading up to Georgia. I apologize about that. But, um, yeah, Sam, getting super exciting. Big Blue Madness sounded like it was a 
extreme success. So why don't you fill the listeners in on why that was the case? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, like you said, AJ, there was a ton of buzz in Lexington all weekend. Big Blue Madness, Keeneland. You got, obviously, the Kentucky Wildcats football program taking on an SEC opponent in the top 25. I mean, it was just an electric atmosphere. But Big Blue Madness kind of kicked off the weekend. And like you alluded to, it was a huge success. You had so many former UK players show out and show their Wildcats pride, which was very fun to see. And even the ones that couldn't make it, you got to see them call in and leave their, you know, word and mark on the night, which was very exciting. Even the likes of Anthony Davis, John Wall, I was really hoping John Wall was going to be back, but, um, you know, both of them actually had games, AJ, that they were getting ready for. So they weren't able to make it back, but, you know, you, you saw some really exciting names and players come back that have marked this program for the better over the last couple of seasons. And like we alluded to in last episode, AJ, we had quite the attendance list and some of these massive recruitments that we are in with, uh, you know, some prolific players in the up and coming high school level. And one of which was Aaron Bradshaw and AJ upon his arrival to Lexington, he immediately announces that he is committing to the Kentucky Wildcats for next season Aaron Bradshaw will be rocking the Kentucky blue next year, y'all. And that is a massive commitment for John Calipari and this Kentucky Wildcats program, because as of right now, Aaron Bradshaw is the number five overall recruit in the nation for next year's class and the number one center. So, I mean, we are setting ourselves up for a heck of a year this class gets deeper and deeper AJ and I don't think John Calipari is quite done you know the night goes on and we have gosh a an eventful night Um, obviously it looked like a lot of fun it was televised on the SEC network so I caught a bit of it while we were at Bell's AJ and then going out after Um, but gosh it sounded like it was a massive success obviously It was enough success for you and I and all Big Blue Nation just by landing Aaron Bradshaw. Um, And Aaron Bradshaw, we've mentioned this, y'all, but is the teammate and best friend of DJ Wagner. So, you know, he is the number one overall recruit in next year's class. So you'd love to think that by getting his teammate, there's just one more reason he should be coming to Big Blue Nation next year. Uh, you know, it, it was a, a great night. I'm very happy with kind of how Cal reinvigorated Big Blue Madness for the program, for the current players. It seemed like they had a very fun night. And um, yeah, we, it comes out as a total success. And who knows, AJ, we could be pretty close to wrapping up uh, our recruitment battle with DJ Wagner now. It was kind of fun um, just to see, but on Twitter, DJ actually had a game um, last week, and his father was in attendance, and he was wearing a Kentucky Wildcats shirt. So, you know, you're just like, you're getting these little nuggets here and there on his recruitment battle, and you almost have to think that by the start of his actual season, he would like to make a decision 
is what we've been able to confirm. And hopefully by then he'll be a Kentucky Wildcat. Absolutely, Sam. And it is, it is surely an exciting time for the Kentucky basketball team. I think that due to the nature of the way that last season ended, the fans, especially this summer and leading into the fall and the beginning of the season, have needed something to get excited about, something to kind of sink their teeth into and know that, hey, we're continuing to push, we're continuing to build this team and the talent that's going to come through the doors in the next couple of years and that we will do anything in our power to not let happen what happened last year against St. Peter's. Not that it is the end of the world, but obviously when the goal is to win an NCAA championship and you get bounced in the first round, um, it might be time to take a look in the mirror a little bit and realize what, what's been going right and what's been going wrong and be able to fix that. And as far as the recruiting trail goes, I think that we are definitely continuing to set the standard for college basketball as far as that's concerned. So we will see how that translates onto the basketball field, basketball court. I I can't, I just can't stop thinking about the football. I'm sorry, man. The, <laughs> the, the basketball Oh man, I just called it the basketball field. Hey, that might be when you know it's time to hang it up for the night. Um, hey, that that's all right, AJ. I mean, but I, I'm glad you actually brought it up because when you say the standard, AJ, that is the Kentucky Wildcats basketball program because I wanted to, to shout this out because obviously um, yesterday was the official start to the NBA season. AJ, the Kentucky Wildcats have 27 27 former Kentucky Wildcats players starting on NBA rosters. It is the most in all of the NBA. It's just, it's the gold standard. And when you are a recruit like Aaron Bradshaw and all the others that are still signing up to be a part of this program for next year and even years to come, you continue to see why John Calipari gets these recruits because this program recruits the best, develops the best, and breeds you for success at the next level. Obviously, as a huge Kentucky Wildcats fan, we're still hoping that we see as much success at this level. But still, that that is massive for getting players through the door to our program. Um, very exciting news. I wish them all nothing but the best in this upcoming season. Hopefully, we get to see you know some of these players really leave their mark. You've got Obviously, John Wall coming back from injury. I can't wait to witness what he's able to do with the LA Clippers. Um, you know, you, you've got some very exciting storylines with some of these key players. Jamal Murray back after missing an entire season, so really happy to see him healthy. But, you know, won't bore you with all 27 of them. But, gosh, awesome news for us. Um, I think the only thing left to touch on with y'all before we get out of here is just today was actually officially SEC Media Day. Um, we originally planned to send Oscar Sheway down to the Media Day, but we touched on this. He did actually have that very, 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 very minor procedure on his left knee. And, um, you know, Cal just thought, why make him be up on his feet all day? unnecessarily traveling around. Um, 
So they leave him in Lexington. He is already walking. He's already moving about. Um, they're going to be pretty light. He's not going to participate in the upcoming blue and white game this weekend, AJ. So he'll be out. But they said he could. They're just going to be cautious. Um, but it seems like Calipari wasn't lying to us when he said it was a very minor procedure. So in steps Lance Ware and Severe Wheeler to attend the SEC Media Day with John Calipari. Some awesome quotes throughout the league of the SEC. Um, one thing that stuck out the page to me, AJ, is Oscar Shibwe is the most well-respected man I think I have ever heard of, regardless of the basketball court. You know, you hear Gigi Jackson, the number one overall recruit from this this year's class up and coming at South Carolina, even him say, you know, I think that's going to be the toughest task for anyone in the SEC is having to deal with Oscar Shibway. You know, you see players from Florida, from Arkansas, everywhere within the league just lay out their utmost respect for Oscar Shibway and how they know he's going to be a force to be reckoned with again this year. So just really cool to see him, um, you know, earn the respect of all of the players, all the coaches within the SEC and within the media, because the last thing I'll say is the Kentucky Wildcats do come in as the number one team in the SEC. We have actually been picked to win the SEC this year, as we have so many times before. Um, and most importantly, Oscar Shibway has been picked as a preseason first team SEC, as well as the SEC player of the year. But he's also joined, AJ, by preseason first team SEC Severe Wheeler. So that was very cool. Two Kentucky Wildcats are predicted to make the first team of the SEC. Um, that's just uh, also, you know, just individual accolades, but it's very cool to see some of our guys get some, you know, well-deserved respect heading into the season that is so rapidly approaching, AJ. As of tonight, when we wake up tomorrow, it will be 19 days away from tip-off for the official start the Wildcats season. I mean, we are inching in, but for now, AJ, we will keep y'all posted with all the news and upcoming from the blue and white game from all of our players getting right and getting healthy as we prep for the season. But our main focus is on the Kentucky Wildcats football program. And we will stick with you obviously through the rest of the year as we kind of come in to where we have to focus on both of our beloved programs. Absolutely, Sam, and I think, uh, you know, I'll say it again, I think this bye week has has honestly fell at the, the perfect time, gives us a chance to really sink our teeth into this basketball season, be able to really dive into everything that happened last year, what's transpired over the summer, go through the schedule, kind of map this thing out, um, and give you guys uh, extensive preview of the season, the team, individual players, matchups throughout the season, um, and kind of where we see this thing headed um, as the season tips off. So the bye week, nice time for us, be able to gather all of our information and then be able to share it with you all. But like Sam said, it's Tennessee week. 
in its rivalry week and the cats are out for blood. I think there is no secret in the fact that the fan base of Tennessee and the fan base of Kentucky has never really seen eye to eye. And that is evidence. If you just hop on the internet, hop on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want to, I think you can tell the bad blood between the two is already starting to boil and will come to a head next Saturday down in Knoxville. Game has been announced for a 7 p.m. kick on ESPN, which means the entire country on Saturday night will have their eyes glued to the Tennessee Volunteers and the Kentucky Wildcats, mostly because the Tennessee Volunteers are coming off of possibly the biggest win of any team in the entire landscape of college football as they were able to take down Alabama last week. They have a nice cupcake game with Tennessee Martin squeezed right in there before they take on the Kentucky Wildcats. And I don't mean that in a bad way as far as everyone will be watching because of Tennessee, but at the end of the day, everyone will be watching the game because... They understand that there are implications to this game and a lot of people want to continue to see Tennessee win, but I'm telling you there are a lot of people out there who want to see them lose. I'm sure there will be a lot of Alabama fans turning in to ESPN on Saturday night to watch Kentucky and Tennessee. I will tell you that. And they want them to lose. Yes, absolutely. So with all that being said, Sam and I will be back this weekend for another episode for you guys. I'm not going to disclose too much about what we're going to do for you. kind of wanted to leave that a little bit of a surprise with it being the bye week as we're not going to be breaking down or previewing any games per se. But we will have some fun content to come out for you guys this weekend to fill that bye week. And then we will be right back on the horse next week, ready to go, full tilt. The season for basketball is almost here, and it will be Tennessee week, and Kentucky will be without a bye the rest of the week and down the back stretch of their season. So, Sam, that's all I have to say tonight. I got nothing else. I'll leave the floor to you if you got anything else to say, but if not, man, I appreciate you coming on here, getting this done. Full disclosure, Sam is out traveling for work. He's held up in a... Uh, hotel room right now. Wi-Fi was acting up on him a little bit tonight, making <laughs> our recording a little bit harder than usual, but we have managed to get through it and to fight through all of this adversity to bring you the All Out Kentucky podcast. That's just how dedicated we are. You love to see it, AJ. We, we're not taking a day off. Absolutely not. All right, man. Well, we'll get out of here. We'll say goodbye to the listeners. We appreciate everybody listening. And go Cats. See y'all.